and welcome Hello. to Even Footnotes. We have a name now. Even Footnotes. And an it awesome is logo. our book club, monthly book club. This da, 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 month, da, 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 da. we are discussing Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle? Oh, you have the same one. <laughs> Once again, it's an ebook for me. <laughs> That's, hey, whatever works. So, also, Jason recently rewatched the movie. I did yesterday, okay. yeah. And you also did too? Yeah. I watched the first 30 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, is this even the same story? I'm not, not really. sure. <laughs> not, not really. Not really. Um, the first to, part is the same story. Yeah, <laughs> to my so I there's a castle that moves. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. and there's a Sophie and a Howl and a Calfer. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, not sure. No. And no. They change names. Well, the Michael is a Michael different is name. Yeah, and there's yeah they like, call him Markle. Yeah. yeah. And there's and they get rid of one of her sisters, sisters altogether. Yeah. 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 Like the whole the whole side story of the sisters is like. Out. Well, I mean, <laughs> the whole side story of everybody is. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I was gonna yeah. say, oh, the whole thing about Sophie being a witch is gone. Like, how being just a guy from Wales is gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, we should probably talk about the book okay. uh, yeah. as well we'll as talk that. about the why the movie was much better than the book. Uh, one of you guys give us a quick just uh, book overview, like just a quick synopsis. I did not write one out. <laughs> okay, Sophie is the oldest of three daughters, and she lives in a magical fairy land where people are aware of. They're, they're, there's kind of a meta awareness of stories. It's like Sophie knows this is the oldest daughter; she's going to have a boring life, but the youngest daughter will get all of the cool stuff because it's always the youngest kid who who gets the. Anyway, Sophie settles down for a life of boredom as a hat maker, and she ends up upsetting the witch of the wastes who curses her with oldness so she's an old lady in what's up with howell too but that's just like she briefly came in contact with howell and oh and she came her. in yeah that's yeah. right that's right but she didn't yeah. we didn't know that until yeah you don't know that till later later, later. how how is, <laughs> is a has a moving castle and he's a scary wizard who who eats young girls hearts he he steals them and then he eats them but little do we know, Hal is actually a, a handsome young man who she actually bumps into, but we don't know it's Hal until long, later on in the book. Anyway, so she's, she finds a scarecrow that chases her around for a while, comes to life, and then she gets on to Hal's castle, and Hal and Sophie and Calcifer the fire demon who powers his moving castle, and, and uh, Michael, Hal's apprentice, all have to band together to save Howl from the curse of the Witch of the Wastes. And also... I think yes. I, and figure out why, and figure out how to fix Sophie's curse so she's not right, exactly. 90 years old anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there is a lot of curses, there's a lot of magic, and a lot mm -hmm. of, like, you were uncertain of... You know that you have to figure stuff out. From the very beginning, Calcifer kind of says, like, I can't, like, there are all these magical things you can't talk about. Right, right. Yeah. Sophie can't tell people that she's not actually old. Calcifer can't tell you the deal of his deal with Howl. So all of these things just have to be kind of observed and figured out in this magical yeah. world. 
but they so let's what what do we want to talk about first i think that the beginning of the book they really try and set you up for thinking that this isn't a regular kind of story right the the fact that there is that 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 meta awareness of of everything that's going on that's what i liked like like, i liked the first chunk of the book a lot better because everyone was kind of knowingly playing into those tropes it's like Hal's almost he's not an evil magician that's just his job you know it's like that's his title yeah. almost so so it's it's stuff like that people playing and it felt very it felt very um kind of like Terry Pratchett it felt very Piers Anthony sort of you know we know we are aware that we are living in a story storyland so we play by these certain rules Sophie um, and Letty are our stepsisters so they ought to be ugly they're right. the two older ones, so they, you know, they mm-hmm. should have a bad relationship with the younger sister, Martha. Right. Women who talk a lot are probably witches. That's a line from somewhere yeah. in the beginning, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a hint at Sophie being a witch, because she always talks to hats. And yeah. <laughs> talks yeah. to everything. <laughs> so I liked that. If, if I think if they would have kept up that sort of, you know, Stardust by Neil Gaiman played play yes. with that a lot as well kept up that trope that we we know the rules of the fairy tale you know we know we understand what we're in and they they kind of just seem to lose that that trope the booklet lost that that thread about halfway through and then it's just like oh, oh, yeah i was anymore. gonna ask yeah. that when did you guys notice that like it's we were no longer doing that kind of subversive storytelling mm-hmm. oh, probably yeah probably about halfway through I was thinking earlier. It was even earlier. I was earlier thinking than that maybe yeah. like first quarter, first third of the book. I mean, um, after that, yeah. you know, she got on Hal's Castle. I mean, it's, yeah, it kind of started to fall apart right from there. And maybe that was intentional. Maybe because that's Howell, when the story begins. That's this when the story begins, and 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 the story goes, or it's supposed to go against our expectations of what we think a fairy tale is supposed to be. So. Yeah. I guess at that point we stop commenting on it because the characters don't really know what's happening. There, there, things aren't following. Sophie, as the oldest sister, should not be on an adventure with a handsome young wizard, you know, because that's 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 against the rules. So maybe that's why the commenting on it stops because they're moving out of of familiar territory. I don't know, it but that's also when it stopped being f- fun for me. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but as soon as we got to the part of like, everyone needs to be figuring out the magic, we can't Mm -hmm. talk about it. It felt like sort of a contrived miscommunication trope kind of thing. It didn't feel like it fit. And later in the book, Howell tells Sophie, oh, of course I've known you were under a curse this whole time. But did he mention it to Sophie? Yeah, didn't say anything (laughs) about it. Yeah. The whole idea that, like, that definitely the Witch of the Waste has a curse on Hal as well. Mm-hmm. But all we, he he can tell people the signs of it coming to fruition, but can't do anything to, to stop, stop it. it. Yeah. Like, he just can't touch a mandrake root, or he can't, I can't even remember what else it is. He's going to um, touch a mandrake root, he's going to... Fly on the wings of honesty or oh, something. Yeah, the yeah. He's gonna be honest, yeah. honest yeah. in the wind or something honest like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was one other thing, but it was all it was all very much like huh? circumstantially <laughs> happened to him. And it's like, oh, oh well, there I guess there's another step of the curse. Nothing we can do about that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that once we got there, 
I felt like we were, she was trying to make it almost a mystery. Like we should have been able to figure out the whole calcifer thing. Like he kept saying, oh, there's your hints, you know, like, mm -hmm. and you're going to hear yeah. something about this. And yet there was no way to have figured it out before it's laid out to you, which I think is, I don't know, frustrating to me. Like if there's a good twist, I want to have like, and I'm surprised by it. I want to have been able to see the steps to get there. Yeah. And I don't know that that, I, I felt like it was laid out like it was supposed to be a twist. Mm -hmm. The relationship between Calcifer and... There's, there's a throwaway line that Howell has before it comes where Michael Michael and, and, and Sophie have gone, they're trying to catch a falling star, right? Because they think yeah. that's part of the, they think yeah. that's part of the... Uh, so Hal asks, like, you didn't actually catch one, did you? And they're like, nah, no, we didn't, we missed it. It's like, good, because that would have changed things for you forever. Or something along those lines. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's like the one line that you're supposed to go, oh, oh, maybe, oh, because Hal caught a falling star. And then I think yeah. like the next chapter, Calcifer says, did you get the hint? That was the hint. Did you hear the hint? It was, it was, we just did it just 30 seconds ago. So there's like one throwaway line that, that is, that I yeah. noticed that is like the, the hint of the mystery. Yeah. I, yeah. The other thing that they constantly say is that. So throughout the book, this and this is completely different than the movie, Howell is is womanizing. He is constantly going yes. after, mm -hmm. he is in it for the chase. And as soon as he achieves the attention of a woman, he immediately runs away. So people call him heartless and have a lot to say about him, about just, you know, eating the hearts of women. So there mm -hmm. is a lot of heart imagery. Yeah. However, again, and maybe this is just me, but for a YA novel, which is this is, I felt like there could have been maybe more information given about the world building where you knew like it is possible. I think also at one point he does say, I could take a person's head apart and, and make them live. And now that I'm thinking about it, that would have been an indication that he could live without his heart because mm -hmm. he said, but this was when we've got the, this is toward the very end of the book Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where we've got the scarecrow and he's like, Oh yeah, I could make a person live without their head. No problem. Yeah. Oh, the, the scarecrow thing. Jeez. Yeah. Where it's literally mashed up people. Yeah. yeah it's like three different guys all smooshed together or something. Yeah. 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 A, and then, Oh, the, the, one big difference between the movie and the book is they took out all those characters and made it one character. So Miss Sullivan, Solomon, the wizard mm -hmm. Solomon. Yeah. That in the in the movie it's a she and she's supposed to be. Let me just house teacher. Yeah, she's house yeah, teacher. So, but she basically yeah, takes Sam. over the 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 also takes over the the bad guy the, role. The witch of the waste says the the antagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the friggin' scarecrow at the end of Howl, though, when he turns back into in the in the in the in the movie, he turns back into the prince, and there and he's just like, oh yeah, I was the prince from the other country, and it's like you were never ever mentioned that the other country <laughs> actually, was missing his oh, prince. Actually, was there? Was there? A rumor. Yeah. yeah Ashley's oh, okay, leaving, okay. I'm Ashley I'm, leaving I'm, the hat shop because I just watched this like okay, seconds okay, before. Okay, okay, I must have missed that. Yeah. As she's yeah, leaving the, the hat shop, somebody in the background says, yeah. They don't know where the prince is. They don't know where yeah. the prince is. Okay. So but you have one to be listening close. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I honestly wouldn't have even taken note of it unless I had read the book and knew that Prince Justin was missing. Was right? missing. Yeah, yeah. So what else about this book do we want to talk about? I I know that overall, I think feelings have cooled on this book, which is maybe different than the other books that we've picked mm-hmm. yeah. in the in the past, which is kind of a bummer. You know, we always want to pick a, a great book, but that's the, you know them's the breaks i mean they got rid of like i'm just just, it's hard not to compare it to the movie well the movie so honestly it's so different i hadn't had a chance to read it i read the like wikipedia some summary Mm -hmm. like i watched the movie but it had been Mm -hmm. a while yeah and i read the wikipedia summary of the movie plot and i was like what like having not done None this for a while. Happened. Yeah. And yeah. so like really quickly I sat down, put it on my phone and watched like the first 30 minutes of it and I was like, "What? How did mm-hmm. we get here? I have no idea what's going on." <laughs> <laughs> because it is like I you can see the basic shape of mm-hmm. the movie but the story's completely different. Yeah. And that it's absolutely the movie is an anti-war movie mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. There's like rumors of a war about to happen in the book, but no, no actual warring yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, in in the movie, Hal spends most of his time diverting bombs and yeah, being turning into a bird and and diverting fighter pilots. Whereas in the book, he spends most of his time chasing random girls in different universes. Yeah. (laughs) And that's it. I mean, that's the thing. I can, I I can understand why they, they, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's a huge chunk in the book where you find out that Hal is actually just a guy. He's a slacker kid from Wales who somehow finds his way to a magic world and learns to be a wizard. And it's never, I don't think it's ever. He did his doctoral studies in spells. Yeah. And then I guess that taught him how to go to different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then you find out that there's another wizard who came from our world too that that he's been looking for, and it's just like some guy who lived down the street from him. And it's just it's it's where, where, where how like that drove me. To, I, I was like I don't I wanted the the connective tissue how you go from I studied magic in college and now I'm a wizard in a fantasy kingdom. Like it just it it, it I don't know. Okay, so overall, we I'm I'm feeling like. We think it's a really great concept. The execution yeah. maybe left something to be desired. Mm-hmm. And really the movie did what the book should have done. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm wondering what we can take from this as people who are interested in story craft. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how do you take this really cool thing and what could maybe have happened or how could we have change things around i mean would you have done like do you think that miyazaki was perfect on the nose or were there other things that you could have done obviously that's a different medium and obviously we write but we do not write books like this like we're usually telling stories in ttrpg form which honestly is can be a lot like writing books but with parts that you can't control (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, what do you guys think? What could have been done better to really wrap this up 
because it was it was so good. The the premise is so great. Yeah. Um. The all the parts are there. Like, yeah. It, yeah. I I just got the feeling that the author Diana Wynn Jones. It, it it's not it doesn't end the same book as it started. It feel it feels like she lost the thread, or she decided to change books, or she she took two different books and like I don't know. It's like sometimes you come up with it with a concept or an idea that that is so good that you can't get past how good the concept is. So when you if you finally create the thing, it doesn't live up to to the pieces that you had. And um, it's possible I, she's had bunches and bunches of other books published. She's so it could have been like, yeah. it could have been a matter of editing where she has a deadline. And it, so, it, I mean, does, it you know, that happens too, where people have things that they can't get to or give the time to because of real world stuff. And this is the first in the series, right? There were three, three books, yeah. but they're not, they're sort of kind of standalone. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. They're, same characters, um, but not necessarily same no, storyline. No, not even. Oh, not uh, even. So okay. Stories change each time. Okay. But they're like guest characters in the story, but they somehow oh. become like the ultimate way for the plot okay. to be solved. Okay. Like okay. those, like Howell and Sophie constantly come up, and they help solve the plot basically gotcha. through the stories. Gotcha. But other than that, it's not really like when I started reading the second one, I was like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> So it's kind of like the far away, small planet, long voyage, blah, blah, blah series, whatever the, the, long the Wayfinder. Way to a small long way to planet. a small group planet. Yeah. Some of the characters from this one have little ancillary parts in the next one. And then the chain continues from there. Okay. A lot of, so you've read all three? I've only read two because I oh. couldn't make it through the full three. Okay. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was just wondering if it was an overarching plot across all three books or if you felt like each one was pretty self-contained. They could be self-contained. Like you can read them all as a separate book okay. if you really wanted to with like guest character appearance, basically. <laughs> just, I mean, just cur- out of curiosity though, second book, which is House of Many Waters or Castle in the Air or something House like that. House of Many Waters, isn't that a Madeline Lingle? No, that's that's many waters. Just called many waters. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I Mel no, Lingle yeah, was yeah, my Lingle, childhood yeah, the, favorite yeah, author. The, the, I know. Yeah. And the, honestly, probably the most underrated book. I Many Waters is one of the best ones of. Is the that the time. one where the twins go back in time to Noah's? Noah's yeah. I, I do remember reading that. I one. love okay. that right. one. Yeah. It's Castle in the Air. Is the second Castle one. in the Air. But there is a and many that. waters or something waters. I think Maybe that's the we third one. Maybe we should read Many Waters next. Huh? I mean, that is any of the the Madeline Langle is great. My that is my childhood. House of Many Ways is the third. House one. of Many Ways, sorry. Okay. But yeah, you had many woo, right? So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. I think the difficulty for me is, and I probably shouldn't have rewatched the movie because it's so good and it's absolutely gorgeous. And and by comparison, it makes the source material that much worse. If I yeah. had just if I had just read it without having seen the movie and then rewatching it, you know, I because I saw it the first time when it came out twenty years ago, and then I rewatched it again yesterday for the first time in twenty years, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is freaking amazing. I, it would have been fine. I've been all right. It was like, eh, it's okay. It was just a little throwaway YA novel. It's all right. But seeing what could be done with the pieces, 
in the hands of yeah. someone who who put some meaning behind them. Oh my gosh, made it. Miyazaki is a master storyteller. He, he, with I mean, he, really, he really is, and I could I could I could wax poetica and 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 shower him with a, with applause all day long. I don't want to make this the Miyazaki. Yeah, exactly. Howl's Moving Castle. You know what? I'm, I want to talk about the book, but just the just in comparison to the film, it makes the book worse. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So it's um, interesting to me because I feel like the book almost to me felt like it was three distinct books, and it yes. was almost like yes. So there was the beginning, which was wonderful, and mm-hmm. no notes, like great. Then there was the middle that I felt was trying to kind of make something overly confusing by telling you that we can't tell you anything and that you have to look out for hints. And then there was this, which on its own, like, okay, I'm, that's all right. I'm not Mm going to grouch too much about that. But then it was like, oh my gosh, we've done all this world building and we have to wrap it up in three pages. Yes. Yes. It felt (laughs) very rushed and And nothing felt, nothing felt satisfying. You know, yeah, it was just like, huh? yeah, but yep. I want more. I knew all along. The other <laughs> thing that I yeah. really disliked, and so the more I sat with the book, because I didn't actually watch the or even the little bit of the movie until today, and it had been a really long time since I watched the movie. The more I sat with it, the more I was mad about the last little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like they had spent all that time telling us how this is not like other stories. And then at the end, oh, by the way, Sophie's in love with Howl. And, and like, Howl's in love with Sophie. Sophie. Yeah. <laughs> and the, his heart was just missing from him all the time. And that's yeah. why he was always searching for love. Mm-hmm. And it was they just... Beat, they beat the witch and they fall in love and everything. Yeah, it's just a brr. And and she she's powerful, even though she shouldn't be because she's a first daughter. Right, right. I just felt like they had set up everything for subversion, mm-hmm. and yet everything comes down exactly how you think it should be and would be if it was a perfect happily ever after fairy tale type Disney movie. Yeah. yeah. And that, the more I sat with, I was like, wait a second. This this is not what I signed up for by the beginning mm-hmm. of the book. Mm-hmm. And that really, that last third, like I could have, the the miscommunication trope happens in so many books. It's, even if it's not my favorite. Right. <laughs> I, it's, you know, it's a YA novel. They're going to use, yeah, you know, tropes, more commonplace tropes like that for the sophistication of the readers. Yeah. But the fact that we, at the end of it, we're, just right back absolutely we, yeah. given the co- cookie cutter of a fairy tale. Yes. Made me go, what? No, this is not what I signed up for. And I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts because, again, it's been a long time since I watched the movie. Do you think that the or the movie subverted that at all? Uh, it has, like, a similar feel at the end, but... I mean, I yeah, they've... They fall in love at the end of the movie, but yeah, but they but cut they, out so like, much that it maybe feels different. It's more sense because, like, I think throughout Sophie's learning it, how, like, in the movie, it's more about Sophie learning how to become her own person, basically, right, right, right. and and like being okay with who she is and, and like accepting herself. 
basically. Do I remember that also the animation of Sophie changes and she starts yes. looking younger toward the end? When she's sleeping um, she, and when she gets more confident, she yeah. Yeah, when she's yeah. confident and in herself, she becomes mm-hmm. a then younger she, version she of herself. Younger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Hal sees her like that first or second night. She's yeah. sleeping and she's and she's back to regular age. And so he knows, you know, right off the bat that she's yeah. the one keeping herself from and that's definitely uh, yeah. never in the book. No, no, no. Well, no, no. I kind yeah, of into a little bit because he says you're so stubborn that you can't even tell that you're you, you're keeping yourself in this this spell. You must like to hide. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's never that. It's always in her control, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. what something that right. the book says a lot. That like. Even once we, everybody knows that Sophie's under a curse, they're like, this is not just the Witch of the Waste curse. There is something else going on here. The Witch of the Waste set it off, but Sophie was the one keeping it in place, yeah. Right, but her physical appearance doesn't change until the very end. When she, yeah, yeah. It never mentions anything about her changing. Ever. Yeah, how's her her appearance changes in Hal's just so I think just to kind of reflect that she's getting more confident and that, and that Hal knows that she's that and she's the, a the girl. way yeah. in which we know that Hal is in love is because he goes out without his hair done or something like that. So it oh right I forgot <laughs> because he is very shown as very vain as he's mm-hmm, chasing mm-hmm. after all these women yeah. and and at somebody's point calcifer somebody says like i'll know that he's in love when he leaves without doing his hair right and so at the end sophie's upset because she thinks hal is there to save someone else and he's yeah. there without his hair done right and then she at that point i think they mentioned that she her voice changes or something like we are given the clues that mm-hmm. her, although her it's not a red. visual yeah we don't have the visual cues, but there are cues given in the book that at that point her 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 face is back to her. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's like she leans forward and its red hair falls forward or something. Oh like yes, that. yes, and that is very, right. Very small, very small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously, her hair has been gray for most right. of yeah. the books. Yeah, so. I I did like in 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 Howl's in the movie. Even when she was young, at the end, she still had her gray hair. They still kept her. Yeah, yeah she 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 and still goes, had the. Hair looks like Starlight. Like Starlight. <laughs> she still had the wisdom. You, you know why I didn't mind what the fact that they fell in love and had the happy ending at the end of of the film is because that subversion was never set up in the movie. There was no sense yeah. that we are trying to play with tropes from yeah. from the Howl film from the film. Well, and the, I mean the so the, so so when when the when the happy ending comes, it's like well that's yes that's what happened yeah that's to be expected yeah we, we weren't flipping the script anywhere you know yeah yeah I would honestly from my watching of just the first thirty minutes I would say that that is maybe something that the movie does poorly is like they could have given a reason to, as to why like I feel like mm-hmm. Sophie not being a witch herself is a little weird that the impetus for the story starting which is her being cursed has no reason she walks in the the witch of the waste she's angry and immediately just tells sophie she's you know ugly or something like that all these hats are ugly and so are you and and sophie's like leave my shop and then she curses her and it doesn't seem like 
doesn't really make much sense. At least in the book, you learn that the reason she curses her uh, is because she re- recognizes Sophia as a powerful witch in her own right. Yeah. She's like, I want to get this potential problem out of the way before she learns what she's she can do. Yeah. yeah. And it seems to me like I really like the fact and that it it maintains she's never a maiden in distress she goes after the castle you know like yeah, things yeah. happen and like yeah she's like i'm gonna go find hal because you know he he's not gonna eat my heart i'm an old lady now right right but she's making everything happen mm-hmm. and so i feel like in the movie if that's not there if she's not a witch if she's not powerful in her own right then do we have is she a little bit more damselly? Yeah, a little bit. She, yeah, yeah, I guess she's more yeah, to some extent, but but at the same time, without the benefit of having her own magic, even even though Sophie doesn't know it in the book that she's that she's a wish, Sophie in the movie still accomplishes some pretty daring things with having no idea that that she has any sort of powers you know so she is she a bit damsley yes but at the same time i think it's the fact that she's in a she, different she, way she gets into yeah. that mindset now that i'm old i have to take care of myself now because yeah nobody cares about old people you know? <laughs> essentially <laughs> but yeah i can see what but and here, here's a if i have any gripe about the movie i don't know it's not even a gripe Miyazaki's films are always about something bigger than what they're about. And this, and most of them, there a fair amount of them are about war. war. You know, they're about the, the, the dangers of, of war and the terrible things that it does. And, and, you know, maybe he cut all that subversiveness of, of the genre out because he didn't want that drawing away from what his overall message was, which was that war oh. destroys innocent lives, you know? Yeah. So, and the, patriarchy will always and the patriarchy yeah, yeah do like the risk people's lives for their benefits and mm-hmm. only their benefits alone and i think also miyazaki tends to not have people as villains like it's no direct something. villain yeah. yeah 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 whereas this book definitely did the witch of the waste right. is very much the villain of this mm-hmm. book but it's um, not actually the witch of the waste. It's the demon right. that was it's controlling the her at the very end. Yeah. yeah, right. Who has her heart similar yeah, to this yeah. situation? <laughs> Who happens to be the sexy librarian back in Wales? Or yeah, second grade teacher, or whatever she was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, final thoughts. What's your rating? Give it a pass. Read it. Read it with the movie. Just watch the movie. What do you guys think? I mean. Definitely just if, watch the movie. If you're gonna read it, read it before you watch the movie. Yeah. Then, then, and then tear it apart after you watch. The yeah. Movie. If you haven't, if you haven't seen Hell's Moving <laughs> Castle yet, read the book first, and then go watch the movie. And then you'll see. Oh, this is what could have been done. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> is it? Um, I don't know that I can think of a time when a movie is better than a book. Forrest Gump. The movie oh, is I never read it. Book. Yeah, I never read the book. That's the only time I think of. this one and Forrest Gump. That's the only time I can it's, think of the movie. It's very rare. Yeah, very it is rare. very rare. It is very rare. I, I, the first, if you're going to read any of the book, I would honestly say read the first like four or five chapters when, when they're really playing around with, with the tropes of, of storytelling, of fairy tales. Yeah. 
the writing style is, I mean, that's how I want to, if, if you've read the, the, the Babies and Broadswords books, I tend to write in a very available kind of, on drive through RPG. Available and, on drive through RPG. And at your Amazon local bookstore and, and then <laughs> other, other bookseller online. <laughs> I write in a very overly flowery way at times, like the very kind of Dickensian. The, the strange thing about Sophie was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there's a lot of that sort of overly purple prose that's kind of very fun to read in the first third of the book. And then it just, I don't know where it all went. It all, it's like, it's yeah. like, she wrote the first four chapters and then gave it to somebody else to finish. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels like a different mm-hmm. book of different writer, yeah. different story. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Cause uh, even like, even Miyazaki actually kept a good chunk of the first part mm-hmm. in, in his story because it yeah. was well-written yeah. and he, it made sense and it worked for his story mm-hmm. as well. So he can carry it on, but yeah. he like took it a different direction. Just... The first well, third of Miyazaki's then... story and the first third of, of, of Jones's story are, Pretty similar, and then they even have the same lines. Yeah, yeah. There's one taken <laughs> from the book, and then they just they diverge. And I think part of that is because and and she know. did not write any of the screenplay or no. have any. No. I did look that up, so yeah. it was definitely she was like obviously she sold the rights and and was very thrilled with what Miyazaki did yep. because she's like it's a different medium, it's going to be a different story, which is a yeah. great. Awesome. Like, right, if that you understand is what, what that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, yeah. honestly, uh, more authors should feel like once mm-hmm. they put it out in the world, it's it's not theirs anymore. It's the readers right. and the, yeah. the people who want to do stuff. And that I feel like that's a very laudable attitude. And I think that that's great because otherwise, would we have something as prolific as this movie if if she wasn't willing to kind of let somebody add on to her story? Right. Um, which... I think is the the I mean collaboration is how we more and more cool things come to us so Mm -hmm. but yeah I'm honestly like it's it's fine it I I'd give it like a two two and a half star like it's not gonna bug you to read or anything it's just that that ending yeah really it was unfulfilling yeah yes (laughs) yes did not feel fulfilled at the end. That was the big thing. <laughs> it's like the foreplay was great, but then it just kind of petered. It's out. interesting <laughs> to me. I kind of want to read a completely different book of hers just to see, because like you said, yeah, at the beginning, the prose is really good. Maybe mm-hmm. even like reading something. Yeah. I don't know. Two and a half stars is an average book. That's how I feel. Like I don't give that many five stars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going with five? All right. Yeah. <laughs> out of five. Yeah. How many toes is that? <laughs> Two and a half toes out of five. So yes, let's let's rate everything in toes since we're even footing. <laughs> toes and a knuckle. Yes, that's what perfect. I give this one. Yeah. <laughs> How many toes are you out of that toes. shoe? Yeah. Two toes and a knuckle. Yeah. Don't it's look like, that website up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> it's or like we should have decided yeah. to name our company something different if we didn't want all the weird feet stuff that we yeah, get. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't think that one through. Makes good locos though. It does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So next month, guys, we are reading Orcs and Crake by, by Margaret, Margaret Atwood. Atwood. 
I actually read the first couple chapters already. I'm really excited for it. It's good. Yeah, it's a it's a far future dystopian climate change. It's yeah, it's it's good stuff. The only thing I've read from Margaret Atwood before is Handmaid's Tale. So this is a very different future setting. So I but you know, I'm here for some post-apocalyptic I want Margaret Atwood to write a happy future book. Like I've read a few of her, like she, she writes a lot of dystopian stuff and it's all different kinds of dystopia, but they're all super fucking depressing. It's like <laughs> nothing good is going to happen in the future. According to Margaret Atwood. Yeah. <laughs> She's seeing it to the future. <laughs> Anybody else have any last minute things next month? Happy future. Sounds fake. It's completely. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe it. Not for a second. Also, we don't write about sad orphanages of the 19th century or anything. Oh, no, never. So. Nope. No, we never <laughs> specifically just said be it was that the 19th life century. is sad. <laughs> never specifically said it was sad in the 19th century. Nobody ever said I might have said that a couple times. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah life is sad. Not even once. That's right, Rick. Yeah. We're going to probably have a couple more people with us next week. Absolutely. We had, we had some ducker outers. So it's down to our kind of our our basic three, as it always seems the to big be. Big three. Yep. Yeah. It's our magic number. Yeah, That's it right. is. Yes, it is. But hopefully Kayla and Rick will be with us next next month. And you can now catch up on old episodes, although I'm slowly going through our back catalog, but we are putting these up as mm-hmm. a brand new podcast, even yep. footnotes. It is a separate podcast than our actual play where we are going to talk more about books and storycraft and probably do some interviews like we have done in the past with writers of all kinds. So mm-hmm. we are looking forward to bringing some new new and different content. But last year we got to... We interviewed... Parkdale Haunts, Parkdale which is Haunts. a huge yeah. podcast about the haunted house in toronto yep and the in the, oh, cool. and yeah. the toronto uh, uh real, real estate, estate market. market yeah yeah which is scarier apparently than the haunted house Dude. and we interviewed hero monsters, Owen, the host of monsters agonies, agonies yeah which is an advice show for members of the supernatural community oh, cool. um which and it's absolutely delightful these you may important. this may be pre-alana joining us this, this is pre-alana yeah yeah. Uh, and we interviewed Rat Grimes from the Dead Letter office in somewhere Ohio, which was a really trippy horror anthology sci-fi about gender and postal acceptance service. of yeah, and the postal service. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we're going to be looking at maybe trying to talk with other writers, not just podcast fiction writers, but other other sorts of writing, other sorts of story crafting. So we'd love it if you would, you know. Put that in your list of things to take a look at, and we will have these edited with all the ums out and for for your listening shortness. <laughs> but for the real real, you gotta watch. You gotta watch it here. You gotta watch the live. Sure, and that way we can put up. There's other types of writing. There are so many types of writing. We're working on. We're working on like comedy writing. We got some things. Got some mm-hmm. things coming. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The writers are on strike. So maybe they would like to talk to little podcasters. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening 
two toes, unfortunately, for house moving cattle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. I mean, it was. I, 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 it's it's a book that's been on my list for a while, just because I, I, you know, I liked Miyazaki. I like the film so much, but. Yeah, and I had read it before, and yeah. honestly, I don't feel like I was as hard on it then as I am now. So it's... yes, well, we discussed that before we started chatting. Older, how we were like we're older, better. wiser, and more cynical. Yeah, I'm fair. fair. Dang it! <laughs> Inside every cynic is a disappointed Super idealist. Super old. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, it's been. Ooh. I don't know. Read it just out of college, probably. So it's been but if you've yeah, got like a younger niece or nephew or kid who's kind of in the 11, 12 year old age and, and you think they're kind of one of the, the if you want to give them something, a little taste of something subversive, a little something. Yeah, this this might be a good and OK one to start with. You know, it, it's going to give them. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, definitely there's nothing there. The, there's no. It's There's pretty something untoward about, it. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, in it. yeah. Um, wholesome. It's wholesome-ish. Yeah. It's wholesome-ish. Yeah. It's a solid PG. There's yeah. like super light body horror for the imagination, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I honestly, I think waking up being old sounds. Oh no! Way too. The... Oh, off head and stuff. <laughs> oh, sure. I honestly think that Sophie looking in the mirror and seeing herself all wrinkled mm-hmm. is pretty horrific. That, was, <laughs> that would be terrifying. But yeah, that was a lot scarier than the yeah. animated scarecrow shoving yeah, no. a skull into and its the, head. And the yeah. dog man? No, that's yeah, fine. I'm okay man, with that. It's the getting dog. old. <laughs> oh. All right. We, it was okay. Yeah. 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 Just, just okay. All right. Thanks for joining us. Orcs and Crick next month. And we'll be back with you. Bye. All right. Good night, everyone.